0: Good morning, everyone. and Welcome to the Pittsburgh Current podcast. I'm editor, publisher Charlie Deese. I know it's been a few weeks since we have a couple of weeks since we've been on anyway. Apologize for last week's uh, pushing, uh, pushing things back for a uh, big guest, Ari Spears, but had to be canceled at the last minute. So we do apologize for that. But we're back this week, and uh, today on the show we have Allegheny County Controller Chelsea Wagner, and we'll be talking about UPMC Highmark. Um, but before that, I just want to say that the newest issue of uh, Pittsburgh Current is on the streets. It is our winter guide, 100 things to do to keep, 100 things to keep you busy this winter. Um, and speaking of winter, um, I didn't even plan that segue, uh, we have on our site an op-ed written by local comedian John Dick Winter. Some of you may know this story already. Um, it's gone viral. Um Louis C.K., the comedian who, uh, with many, many sexual, uh, 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 improper sexual advances, uh, advances, uh, allegations of sexual, unwanted sexual advances, rather. Um, he was booked sort of at the last minute by the Pittsburgh Improv. Um, and John Dick Winters, a local comedian, he also runs the Burning Bridges Comedy Club. Um, he was scheduled to appear at the Improv in February. His first appearance at the Improv, something he was very um, excited and worked very hard to get. But uh, John decided that rather than uh, take that gig um, for the you know for the money and for the exposure, he decided that his uh, it was more important to take a stand. And so um, you can read that on PittsburghCurrent.com. The good news out of this is um, comedian uh, Tig Notaro, who many of you probably know, if you're especially if you're familiar with comedy, um, she offered him a a job to open up for her next uh or this coming March in Harrisburg, which so he'll be doing that. So it's good that someone does the right thing and gets rewarded for it, you know. Um so check that out on pittsburghcurrent.com um and you can check everything out on our socials at Pitts PGH Current. Um so my guest today is Chelsea Wagner, Allegheny County Controller. Chelsea, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Um, So you'll be able to read after this podcast, you'll be able to read um, an op-ed from Chelsea on our website, PittsburghCurrent.com. But uh, last week, I believe Chelsea had a press conference in which um, she's one of the few public officials who (laughs) seems to care that coming later this year, the um, final divorce, I think as some people have called it, between UPMC and Highmark will take effect. And um, that's going to leave a lot of people without their doctor of choice. It's going to cause a lot of disruptions. And it's not like, you know, we didn't kind of know this was coming, but there hasn't been a whole lot done. Chelsea, uh, what made you decide to sort of launch this, this initiative now where you're asking people to share their personal stories and to sign a, peti- a petition? What made you decide now to sort of, all right, let's see what we can do here at this point.
1: So for many years, there have been many conversations going on. And I I mean, I do think there are elected officials who care, but I think it's emblematic of our broken political system. And so um, with those discussions over the years, I think particularly as we get into this Mm -hmm. 11th hour and we're approaching now seniors who are going to lose access come July 1st, to me, I realize that UPMC and Highmark they're controlling the narrative. And what I was hearing from both of those entities was that, well, this is what both of them want. Neither of them want to have everyone with access to the hospitals. And that strikes me as really anti-democratic, particularly when these are hospitals that have been built on the backs of all of the taxpayers Mm -hmm. of this region. And moreover, many people don't realize that this is not the case in the rest of the state. So, if you have, say, UPMC insurance and you're in central Pennsylvania, you are not shuttered from other hospitals. Hmm. It's only affecting the folks in western Pennsylvania, specifically in the Pittsburgh and Erie markets. And why is that?
0: What specifically is is it about trying to corner? I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously, this is their biggest center of operations. Is it to 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 try and, j- and corner that market in areas where? They Where they can I mean people could get to another doctor, not that they should should have to I mean it, finding a doctor and one that's right for you is a really personal experience right uh, and one that can take a while and I do want to say that um in the past few years since this happened, Chelsea has spoken out many times you've you've had different events you've talked about um you've been talking about this um sometimes it seems like you're the only one trying to talk about this, and that's part of the problem I mean did we have to did we have to get here? I know that there was when the separation was coming, there was this agreement to um, extend services for doctors um, uh, for doctors for certain conditions. Is that correct? Explain that a little bit about what 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 was the original deal? What did it call for, and and how is that ending now?
1: So um, that, by my memory, that mm-hmm. expired about a year ago, mm-hmm. and I can tell you from personal experience, right? I fell under one of those. Um, you know, something that was diagnosed by my doctor and I was able to keep on for continuing care with originally my general practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how to me, I got to the point where I had to then make that decision because that expired. So there were carve outs, but it was just for this, um, you know, really kind of superficial, shorter period of time. And I will tell you, um, a couple of years ago, I think of when I went with SEIU Healthcare. Right. And we went to New York, and it was in New York City when UPMC was acquiring Jamestown Hospital, which they now call Chautauqua, UPMC Chautauqua. <laughs> makes, makes sense. Right. And what, among many things that offended me there, because basically you're seeing these instances when they acquire hospitals outside of this region, they're gifting them. Mm-hmm. Money, big incentives, millions of dollars. By memory, I believe that one was about $25 I mean, I look at that as Allegheny County taxpayer money because we're subsidizing all of this. But what they said there was that blatantly lying and saying the transition has gone very, very smoothly. And it's the same statement that they made just in the last couple of days last week in response to our website launch. Correct. um, Which is healthcarepgh.com where um, they claimed that it has been good for Western Pennsylvania. Right.
0: And I actually have it here. I'm going to read this. This is UPMC spokesman. Paul Wood, he released a statement after your press conference. The wind down of the UPMC Highmark relationship has greatly benefited Western Pennsylvania. Over the past five plus years, the health insurance market has transformed from one of the nation's most highly concentrated and least competitive to one of the most competitive and pro-consumer markets in the nation. Businesses and consumers now enjoy insurance costs lower than anywhere else in Pennsylvania and access to UPMC's World-class physicians and hospitals is easily obtainable through a multitude of insurance plans widely available. Except the one that, if they don't have, if people don't have UPMC, most people have Highmark. I mean, that's just you. That's just how it works. And now those people are completely shut off from any right. kind of right. And I forget the of numbers
1: off the top of my head, but when you look at the market share, um, you've seen how. UPMC has been effective Mm -hmm. in their objectives and decreasing the market share that Highmark previously had the majority. And now I'm going to ballpark this, Um, but it's roughly a third UPMC has, now a third Highmark has, and a third some of these other insurance companies, which from what I can tell are also part of UPMC's plan, just to extinguish Highmark. um, And by way of that, also just shut out Allegheny Health Network and all of that is anti-competitive and not good for any of the consumers here right but the statements that are made like that statement by upmc um that's why i think the stories are so important because they can't get away with that if you're hearing from real people and the people are the stakeholders to me not upmc and highmark and profits and that's what is being lost in this whole battle and that's why i believe it's so imperative for the elected officials to step in because number one even if you're looking at these businesses as corporations which the nonprofit <laughs> designation yeah um but even if they were just plain corporations mm-hmm. they are granted the ability to do business in this commonwealth under our laws and it's an even heightened standard a right. far heightened standard with their charitable status and all of their exemptions that go with it. And so to me, that is squarely within government Mm -hmm. has to do something. And um, I really believe that it's probably the most important issue because it impacts every single person in this community. Um, I know with the op-ed, I shared my own experience and I know not just for me. And I give my example because our example is rather benign and I think the unfortunate part of it is, you know, ours is just sort of garden variety. Yeah. Here's how this has harmed us, and how my family of four, who's a healthy family yeah. of four and a family that would be low cost to the insurer, how it's cost us about $3,500 extra out of pocket in the last year. And yeah. all of the things that we can no longer access from doctors to just The most recent example, my nine-year-old, we get him a dermatologist visit. He needs a pretty simple lotion Mm -hmm. um, for like a discoloration. And the pharmacy calls and says, there's no generic. Your insurance won't approve it. So we're left with absolutely nothing. But still the bill from the doctor's office, unless I want to fork over $550 for that. And um, so it's very, very tangible how it's affecting everyone in this region. Yeah. And whether it's a loved one or just how, if not today, in the future, how this market is being manipulated is going to affect every single person. Right.
0: And I think it's interesting. One of the ways that, um, I mean, UPMC and other companies, they they refer to themselves um, as charities or at least doing charitable, enough charitable work to qualify as a charity, which has always sort of struck me as, struck me as funny. Um, but they promote themselves throughout by things like the Hillman Cancer Center, like the, um, uh, the head injury, if, if you have, like they sort of led the way in head injury uh, research. But if I live in Western Pennsylvania and I have, you know, and my, my kid has a history of, of, of concussions but I have high mark because that's what my job pays for. I can't take them to what is what what you know at least is being touted as the best option, unless I want to pay out of pocket for right. you know God knows how much the treatment is, right. and that just seems to just sort of that to me. I always think sort of shoots that argument um, sort of out of the air when 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 you think about the fact that you've got all you're doing all these great things again subsidized by taxpayer money. But not every taxpayer can access it. And that just that just seems to me to be, you know, the the problem see, that seems to be the most problematic thing.
1: Absolutely. I mean it's 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 so outrageous. Yeah. And you think as taxpayers, and I know this as someone who used to be at the state level, mm-hmm. when we would look to doing different kinds of capital grants for funding different centers, whether mm-hmm. it was one health network or the other. Because they were in fact doing the cutting edge resource because they're looked at as community assets, not owned by, you know, one select group of individuals that can cut everybody else off of it. And we're talking now to so many people, a lot of cancer patients that have um, really specific needs, very critical needs that are being shuttered from places like Hillman, and um, this is, I think, it's a governance issue, it's a leadership issue. I know, I mean, I switched to UPMC because I think the doctors, um, the ones that were most important for me to stay with, Mm -hmm. which was unfortunate to even have to choose in that way, um, there are tremendous, tremendous people there that are also really being squeezed in this in a way that I think many of them can't speak to it. Um, But it's not what they signed up for, certainly, and their schooling and their commitment to be able to serve people. But You talked about the conflicts. I just wanted to bring up one other point. You know, the idea of UPMC particularly, um, but this happens really with both, but I think UPMC is really most egregious, is that there's this, it's like the classic abusive relationship. Right and so, um you know un unconsensual relationship, because it starts by every single community event or real nonprofit right. receives something from them. Um, really, I would say, in the big scheme of things, pennies on the dollar in terms right. of what they're getting from us, but they conflict everyone out, and for myself as an attorney, one of the things that I've seen over the years is that about 20 years ago or so, um, UPMC used one major law firm here. Mm -hmm. Now just about every mid-sized law firm that's a full-service practice gets some piece of their business. And so I've seen this at the corporate level, at the charitable level, where people can't say anything for fear of losing that business, so sadly, UPMC has been very good at their efforts right. to conflict everyone, um, and that's why it's so imperative that real yeah. people and government basically collectively stand up here.
0: And in the op-ed, you talk about again your personal issues uh, or your personal your personal experiences with this with this conflict, and you mentioned your doctor, but um, your husband. Had to basically give up his doc- some of his doctors, correct? To, right. Because you know, you, you guys as a family had to decide. You know, what is the you know how, which way do we go? And and so that's like had to be. It's a tough choice to make. I mean, it's, it should it should
1: be one that no one should have to make, right? And I talk about how outrageous it is, but I think again, it's even more outrageous for the people who have very critical needs. So one of the stories yeah. that we have up on the site. Um, is a woman from Crescent Township named Judy, who for the past 10 years has been Um, not only battling a rare form of leukemia Mm -hmm. and a complex form of leukemia and is going to lose her access to Hillman come this split, but her situation is more complicated because her husband has MS. And so she's the caretaker for her husband. And so you know, I think of my husband and I where, thank goodness, neither of us have major needs and it was still terribly disruptive. But Mm -hmm. what about couples in that kind of situation where both have really – critical and unique needs and they're having to choose right. between caregivers it's just so unconscionable
0: yeah and it's 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 it makes me wonder oh we should say that the the website that chelsea is talking about is healthcarepgh.com and that will on that on on that site you can leave your own personal story there's a petition for you to sign um so what's the goal with collecting these stories and collecting these signatures what's What sort of, I'm sure you have a sort of a plan mapped out on how this is going to help you and where you go with this, with this information, what are you hoping to achieve from this and where do you go once you collect this stuff?
1: So, um, first with the petition signatures, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a way for us to show in mass the community impact. Um, and so that will be ongoing, um, with the stories though, it's also the ability Mm -hmm. to, um, paint the kind of the bigger picture and for people to understand the specifics. And I just wanted to add with that, people are also able to do that anonymously. And so some of the stories are anonymous, um, where we can keep their identities Mm -hmm. private. So um, it is to be able to show the whole thing to the elected officials Mm -hmm. at all different levels to really work to compel action. Um, And one of the offices that I do think is most important in positions we've been in contact with is the Attorney General, Josh Shapiro. Mm -hmm. And I know from uh, Attorney General Shapiro has said that they will be able to use those very directly in their investigative work Mm -hmm. um, from the stories because that's specifically what you need, especially, and these are my words, but especially as we just described in an area where people are um, really being forced into silence in right. different ways. So how very important those stories are. Right. Um, and also just the collective request that our government do something.
0: And, and there are probably very few people who ha- who don't have some experience with this. I have, I have, a I have a niece who has had several concussions through athletics. Um, and you know, she had some very serious problems. They finally found a doctor at UPMC who helped her and could treat her. And then at some point they're like, sorry, you've got to switch doctors. And, you know, because my, my sister-in-law knows me, she says, what can we do? And we, I got her in touch with some people that could help her and they did help her and managed to keep her with her doctors. And she's now playing college softball and she's doing really well. But I, I, you know, I am not not to say that another doctor couldn't have done that, but why should, why should people have to take that chance is, I think is the thing. And it really is, uh, you know, a, a bit of, a bit of, I don't want to call it Russian roulette, but it is just sort of like, you know, a spin on a spin of the wheel as far as how you, how you move forward um, with, with, with your own care when you're, when you've been told that you can no longer use your doctor. And it's just, um, and I think you're right. I think that a lot of people do feel like there's nowhere to go with it, with this stuff. Do you think that. I mean, I know, I know what we're trying now is sort of when we talked before. It's a little bit eleventh hour. Yeah, was enough done between the time that this sort of agreement was made and now that we're winding? I just love that phrase, winding down. It's just it's <laughs> kind of ridiculous. But up to the wind down, has an, has enough been done from other elected officials, or has anything really been done at the state level to sort of? address this or was it sort of a just sort of wash the hands of of this once the agreement was set in motion okay we you know we did what we could for for, for the folks has there been any has there been any attempt to try and fix this at the state level that you know of
1: um i think there's been discussion mm-hmm. but as i would look to i mean just based on where we are right now we should have never had to get right. to this point and so i think that the um agreements the consent decree from Um, where we were initially was not, to me, there's only one answer and it's unequivocal and it's full access um, and it's people not being shuttered from hospitals. And I think it's really important to draw the distinction because that is what people have in other areas of the state. And there's no reason that people in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County in our region uh, here in Western Pennsylvania and up through Erie should be treated right. as second-class citizens. And that's
0: what we were talking about beforehand. If you live in Hershey, if you live in York, if you live in other places, you don't have to make this choice between UPMC and Highmark. Correct. It's because we're here. It's because this is where the highest concentration of their, number one, I would think at least a a good percentage of their customers are and where a good number of their facilities and doctors are. Right. And so that, I think, makes it seem a little... A little, uh, a little untoward, I guess, for for lack of a better word, um, when you think about, you know, why this is happening, why this is happening here. I mean, it, it really does make it hard to think that, you know, that there is any that any thought was given to the taxpayer or to the patient, right? In this in this situation, yeah. and it's just, um, do you think there was ever a time? And I'm not talking about this agreement per se, but do you think there was a time that more should have been done? to force UPMC's hand just as, you know, kicking in, you know, we've covered, I've covered this for, for going on, you know, 10 years now at least, but that they should kick in more into city coffers, county coffers. I mean, again, they, they, you know, there've been small agreements here and there, but do you really think enough has ever has been done even at that point?
1: Absolutely not. And yeah. I think this all is goes to this very dysfunctional um, governance structure that we mm-hmm. also have in local government. So I think it has been not just kick the can down the road, mm-hmm. but kind of, well, this isn't my area. Someone else is going to deal with it. This right. isn't our jurisdiction. I think the truth is, is that local governments play a role um, to county government, to city government state government, whether it's the governor's office, the legislature, or the attorney general's office, or even the auditor general. Um, and so I think that, you know, when we, there, there are a lot of different options. And in these situations, you can't allow some monopoly or duopoly mm-hmm. just run roughshod on people. And so you have to take firm stances. And I think the same problem That you see charities and you see, um, I gave the example of law firms that are conflicted. It's the same with local government. I think it is outrageous that the city is still saying, well, we're going to get billions. I mean, it's laughable. Billions from UPMC. Well, tell me, you and I, as taxpayers, We don't pick and choose what we pay and how we spend it and have a little governing board where it's just us (laughs) and then we're going to decide where our tax dollars go. Um, It's so anti-democratic and I think it's – People need to wake up. And, and so when I'm going around the county talking in a larger sense, to me, everybody is paying attention to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and how, you know, we are losing on democratic ideals right. at the national level. Well, people need to pay attention locally. Right.
0: right. It, it almost is. It's I mean, it is it is kind of like that's the other problem of <laughs> there are a lot of problems with with uh, what's going on, uh, you know in our federal government, but that's the other problem. The problem is it's so all consuming that people aren't. And I've, I've noticed that even, even over the last few years, people just aren't paying as close attention locally as, as, as they should be. And, and I think if, if the, if the, the last election, the midterm elections taught us nothing, it's that, um, you know, it's important to get the right candidates in there. And that happened on, you know, I mean, I was, it's, it was, it was, I was very happy with, with the strides that were made in getting different kinds of candidates in there, diverse candidates in there, be it gender, race to, to sort of send a different type of candidate to Harrisburg. Um, but, uh, you're right. People don't pay as close attention as they should. Um, because it all starts, it all starts at the, at the bottom, right? At, at, the, at the base, rather. At yeah, the
1: bottom. and I think the important point um, on having diversity, mm-hmm. diversity is critically important, and it's something that you know I've certainly worked on with women candidates, um, women of color, and beyond. But they have to be in there, upholding the democratic ideals. And right. I'm, I'm very happy to see people like Summer Lee and Sarah and Amorado. Mm-hmm who I think do absolutely represent that. Right. But um, I can see other um, people pointing to yeah. saying, oh look, there's diversity. Well diversity doesn't matter unless you right. have diversity of thought right. and really working right. which on the which
0: is which is is as important as as diversity and those other things. And because you know there are <laughs> If you take if you take uh, uh, Sarah and Summers, I mean, just look at the candidates that they went up against. And this isn't a personal issue, but these were longtime Democratic stalwarts. And, and, you know, it's it's not about just the letter after it's 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 the uh, it's the thought behind it. And there are a lot of things. I think that that one thing that happened is there was a lot of, uh, you know, I think what happened, you know, with Barack Obama's election and then up through, you know, um, what Barack Obama did was it was all of a sudden it was um, okay to be a progressive. Mm -hmm. And so that became the new buzzword instead of liberal, um, because that was used kind of as a as a cudgel to beat Democrats with, but I still use it. Um, (laughs) But so there was there was so that so that went on. And then you had so now every Democrat is now progressive. Right. Progressive. That's, that's the air quote progressive. And so I think it's really hard to sort of, um, I don't think it's hard, but I think you have to put in the effort to (laughs) figure out what is progress, what is progressive thinking and what is not progressive thinking. And, um, speaking of that, we do have an election coming up and you've recently announced your candidacy to seek uh, a a third term.
1: Third term. Third term. Wow. Hard to believe. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, so what is the, what is, um, uh, Have you, so have you, you had your party, your your announcement, uh. Event last week or week right. before, yeah. So have have you sort of hit the ground running? Have you been out talking to people and meeting with people? And
1: we have, yeah. It's very busy. And I want to on your last point right yeah. before this, though, I want to say one of the yeah, things please. we talk about frequently on progressivism, yes, yeah. Um, oftentimes locally, and this goes to the UPMC issue, right? Is that progressivism in Pittsburgh recently has been <laughs> the politics of the empty gesture, right? And so I right. think you see a lot of people right. saying whether they're liberal, they're progressive, or whatever, but it's really about what. They're they're doing and how they're governing. It's right. not about what they say they stand for. Right. It's how they how they govern. Right. And a lot of times it's, it's on that process. Um, so to me, those are some of the overriding themes right. that I've been getting out and talking to voters throughout the county. Um, basically when it's an election year, especially running for anything, but I think especially sure. running countywide, it's a big county yeah. with 130 municipalities. And um, so, you know, talking to people about I've been framing it as democratic issues and demanding the democracy that we deserve. And that's true whether it is UPMC Highmark and making sure that everybody has access to our institutions, to the fact that everybody deserves clean air and everybody deserves clean (laughs) water and that we need to hold our government accountable. And there are all these issues around, um, kind of shadow governments of municipal authorities. I mean, there's so many things and it's, it's the hard work. It's the real conversation. And these are the things
0: that you've used your office to look into in your first two terms. I know that you've, you've, you've either done or attempted to to do audits on several of these agencies, um, as well as just sort of being the check and balance is what and is, which is what your office should be to to the uh, to the county executive to county council and again that's been a that's been a that's been a, a a critique of of county council for some time now is that it's it really doesn't have much in the way of of, of teeth at this point and it's sort of um, you know almost a. Uh, uh, a one body rule I think at county government. And, and that's, and that's the, I mean, that's the argument, whether, whether, you know, it's valid or not, it's up for people to do their research and see, but,
1: um, I think that was the intent. Yeah. Not to interrupt you, but no, no, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when you look at where this was pushed really from the Allegheny conference that I think is different than what the Allegheny conference was 20 years ago or even earlier that Mm -hmm. you had more of a civic component, But I think that was pushed to have sort of um, autonomy and a one-person role, and that was achieved. So one of the things we talk about is that, you know, we did these things to, quote, reform government, um, but change the structure of government, and there's a lot more that still needs to be done. And so it's not an indictment of any individual on county council, but we should have a structure where that can be a more effective and more deliberative body. Right.
0: Absolutely. Chelsea Wagner is our guest and we're wrapping up here on the Pittsburgh Current podcast. You need to go to healthcarepgh.com uh, to to fill out the uh fill out your personal stories about your experiences with the UPMC Highmark split that's uh, that's pending and also uh sign the petition. Um Chelsea sort of final words here on 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 what what the what sort of the what's the ultimate ultimate goal here what's 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 the best and and the least that can come of this do you think at the very least are we at least getting the word out and obviously the best case is that somebody intervenes that can
1: yeah i think the the best case is for in the kind of um short term yeah before further harm is done at the end of june is to stop The restrictions that Mm -hmm. will then impact seniors and then also roll back the restrictions that are impacting everyone else. Um, That to me is the unequivocal goal, full access for everyone. Um, I think the worst case scenario is that we make sure that people know that your government has a voice in this. And I think that um, if the people who are in office now from the most local level on up Mm -hmm. aren't doing anything about this, then that is going to be exposed. There's going to be some light of day on this and people are going to see that in fact, your elected officials can do work on this. And so if it doesn't work now, then I think we'll make people see that they need different elected officials who are going to work on this.
0: Absolutely. Chelsea Wagner, thank you so much healthcarepgh.com and you can also at pittsburghcurrent.com uh, within the next 40 minutes or so. We have, uh, we'll have have uh, an op-ed from Chelsea where she shares her own experiences with uh, the UPMC Highmark split. Um, this has been the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. You can get our new issue online now and we will be out on February 5th or the closest Tuesday thereof uh, with our sex issue. So uh, look out for that. And we have our um we have a sur- our sex survey on our website pittsburghcurrent.com uh give it a look and we will see you next week thanks
1: This show is a member of the Sorgatron
0: Media podcast network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com